Hi, Art Supply Posse. It's Kim here. I'm interviewing Candice Milner, who you might know from Instagram as Pensive Candy. Hi, Candice. Welcome to Art Supply Posse. Hi, Kim. So it's a pleasure to have you today on a Saturday afternoon. I feel very, very grateful that you've taken some time out to speak with us today. Um, I want to get you to tell us in your own words, who is Candice Milner? Well, um, I'm Candice. I live in Melbourne. Um, and less than six months ago, I was living in Sydney. Uh, I was born in Malaysia and um, in between my birthplace and current residence, I've lived in Perth as well as London for chunks of time. Uh, I'm a fountain pen and ink enthusiast, or as I describe it in my Instagram bio, um, an ink enthusiast. Um, I guess I would consider myself relatively creative in the sense that I like to create something each day, whether it's doodling or drawing in my notebook with my pens and ink or going on an extended and meandering walk with one of my three cameras in hand. But I don't know if I'm ready to describe myself as an artist. I'm, I'm, I'm doing air quotes here. Um, yeah, I'm one of those people who um, I think you, it was mentioned or referenced um, in one of your earlier episodes, wasn't it, people who are not comfortable calling themselves artists? Yep. Yes. Um, yes. I think I'm one of those. Hands up. I'm, I'm fully confessing to that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's I, I'm personally getting better at it the more I say it. Even if I'm often just saying it to, like, my dogs. Um, <laughs> or in the mirror. <laughs> not to, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that too. Um, I just, try, just try saying it to, you know, a random, when you're making tea or something, just say it out loud. You might find you get used to it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, I'll try. At least once yeah. a weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so I'm curious to know, how did you come to become an ink enthusiast? What is it about? ink and pens and like how did you find that whole world well um I've always used fountain pen and ink um my f- my first um experience of it came from uh when I was a kid in primary school in Malaysia um we all had to learn how to write in cursive using fountain pens and oh, wow. so um when I was about eight or nine I think it was I received my first fountain pen my father bought me a sort of a cheap Chinese fountain pen and yeah it started from there and um you know I did take a break from using fountain pens when I lived in London like I was you know I was just using regular ballpoint pens but since I came back to Australia I've been fully hit by the fountain pen bug so I use them every day and mostly for doing my my art or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. That's that's interesting that you were taught like writing with a fountain pen at school because that I wouldn't have thought is perhaps as common. Is it maybe that's what obviously it's Malaysia that's what they do but certainly here in Australia it's ballpoint pen. Um that's, yeah, exactly. that's just an interesting. That's yeah, we weren't allowed to use ballpoint pen until we had mastered using the fountain pen from memory. Like they wanted you to have really good control of your writing. And I think wow. they thought that, you know, if you used your uh, a fountain pen, it would actually yeah. stand you in good stead, like foundationally in terms of how you're forming your letters and stuff like that. So that's that was just how it was done. Yeah, and it makes perfect sense because I know certainly as a relatively new user of fountain pens, I've only been using them for a couple of years, but... Every time I pick one up for a moment, I feel that sense of actual writing. Yeah, and you've got to slow it down, and that's the reason why, you know, it's more intentional. 
And I think yeah. people are more careful when they use fountain pens, which is why I think when you're a beginner, it actually helps because you have to slow it down. You're not so sort of careless with it or haphazard, you know, in your, in your writing movements. But yeah. I don't know if it's I, – I don't know if they still do it, but that was how it was done in my day when I was a kid back home in Malaysia. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's, it sounds like a good idea to me. Mm. So obviously fountain pens initially and writing, but then how did you come to use them as a form of art as such? Well, it was actually completely by accident, in all honesty. Um, I had done art throughout primary and secondary school, um, both in Malaysia and in, in Perth. Um, but uh, I didn't end up doing it at, um, as a course for uni. Um, I did English and other things. Um, mm. And then, you know, I moved from Australia to the UK in my 20s and I did nothing creative whatsoever while I lived there. Um, <laughs> up until mid-2017, um, I was only using my fountain pens for work in a corporate setting and a friend was interested in learning about them and she was peppering me with questions by text um, one, one weekend and one of the questions was, what's a stub nib? And so in response, this is going to be quite a long explanation, but I'll get to the point of how I got to the, to the art. That's so um, anyway, in response to her question, I took out my pen, the one with the stub nib, of course, and I wrote something on a page, I photographed it and I sent it to her. And later she made an off-the-cuff comment about how I should start an account on Instagram to show off my pens because she knew I had a few. Yeah. Um, anyway, the idea percolated in my head for a week or so, and I eventually decided to do exactly that. Um, my first post was a photo of a selection of my pens all lined up on the table. No doodles, no drawings, nothing like that, not even any handwriting. <laughs> but, um, as the days went by, I realized that although, although I liked photographing the pens, I also wanted to make content that was more than the pen itself. I wanted to show off the inks as well yeah. as how much fun it could be to use a fountain pen. Yeah. So I started by photographing my doodles, um, and one of the more popular ones was the swirly thing, yeah. it's exactly as it sounds. You know, I position yeah. the nib on the paper and then move it in a circular motion outwards, either clockwise or anti-clockwise, it doesn't matter which. Yeah. And, um, you know, my particular obsession with swirly things stems from my love of wanting to make lines on a page as close together as possible without them touching each other. So for me, the more tightly wound the swirly thing with distinct white space between the lines, so much the better. But anyway, between the whole swirly things, I started to draw um, just regular things around me. You know, for example, my, my mug of tea, my hands, my favorite lace-up shoes, ink bottles. And, you know, I was also drawing faces from photographs or magazines. Um, mm -hmm. And I think most people who come to my Instagram account, we'll see that I mix things up from time to time. Sometimes it's shapes, sometimes it's faces or hands. I really love drawing hands, by the way, because I find it, you know, doing representational arts quite challenging. And yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I don't count myself as being good at it or, you know, very experienced in it because there was such a gap in time in terms of, you know, when I was doing art in school to when I started to do it again. Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, the, the, the things that I really like to do, my main output um, at the moment, um, my recent favorite has been circular or curved shapes using my fountain pens and ink, and they're usually done in bright color combinations, yep. um, typ typically contrasting colors, sometimes complementary. And I repeat the shapes on the page, you know, sort of like to form a pattern, but they tend to be irregular and not precise because yep. I want them to be the same but variable, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does, yeah. And um, I like to pack them onto the page so there's a kind of like a compression effect. 
Um, I think maybe maybe in my next life I will I'll be that person who incorporates a lot of negative space in her work. But for now, my style is all about getting as much same but fluid shapes, tightly packed, um, vibrant colors all on the the surface. So that's yeah. my my style at the moment. It um it looks what you they are all different. Like I really you're creating this you're repeating that same shape, but every single one is individual, and that's the really nice thing about it. I think is it's like yeah, that's not, what I like about it. Yeah, they they all yeah. they all have their own um, form in a way. You know, they're very similar. Like they they're obviously related or they're in the same family, but they they have their own individual um, uh, yeah their, their own form of being who they are or what they are. Yeah, their own personality. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. Having having spent a lot of time looking at them, it doesn't sound weird at all. But they're like little individual, not people, but people. They just. Every single one is slightly different, and there's something yeah. there's something pleasing about that. I'm um, sure it's got to be something to do with how my brain works. Like you know, I I like a little. I'm a little bit chaotic in my brain, perhaps. Like I'm not. I like order, but I'm struggling to be orderly. If you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I do. And they also remind me a little bit of Japanese patterns that I've seen. Was it intentional, or is that just sort of come about by accident? Well, yeah, completely by accident because I wasn't even. Um, conscious or influenced by Japanese art at all. I wasn't looking at any of that sort of stuff at all. And mm -hmm. then one day somebody did actually make a comment in my one of my posts and said, oh, it looks like such and such. I can't remember the, the term, the Japanese term. Yeah. Sengai ku or sen, sen something or other. Something and I was yeah, like, I think. oh, yeah, you're right. It is very, very similar, but I actually hadn't even looked at it up until then. So... Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I'm just one of those people who doesn't actually um, – I don't troll the internet or anything like that to get ideas of, about stuff. I just put my pen on the page and I just let it run and see what, what happens. Yeah. So you create something every day, is that right? That's the, that's the aim. <laughs> I, tried to do, I, mean, I didn't last night only because we had friends in town from Sydney, so we were out, you know, doing social things, but – Normally I try to do something every night because it's kind of like my relaxation time and my me time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think there is also a sense of pressure as well because I want to post stuff every day just to, mm -hmm. you know, make sure that it's part of my discipline of doing something. Yeah. But there's obviously days where I can't do it every day, so I just have to let it be. So that's why there's no post today because I was out yesterday. Yeah. And and I think it's probably nice to, whilst it's good to have that, I want to do it every day because it keeps you accountable and it makes sure that you are continuing practicing your art. Just it's also nice to acknowledge the reality of life. It's exactly. not always practical, and you know, nine times out of ten, it is better than zero. Just going, well, I'm just not going to do it at all because I missed one yeah. day. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one thing to be committed to the cause, right? But you can't let it take over your life to the point where you're stopping socialising with people. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so to turn the conversation a little bit, how did you come to be working with Rickshaw Bags? Because I, I discovered those your work with them and I'm like, oh, that's the most amazing thing I have seen in a long oh, time. And then I went, I want, I want a million of them. Um, <laughs> how I did that come about? 
<laughs> that is very kind of you. But but how did it come about? Because I did a, I haven't done a stack of research on rickshaw. I thought I wouldn't because you know it's it's an interview with you, not them as such. But so they're an American company. So how did that happen? How did you fall, find yourself working with them? Yeah, well, Mark, the founder of Rickshaw Bags, contacted me through Instagram. He just slid into my DMs, you might say. <laughs> Yep. Um, to ask um, if I would be interested in seeing my work on some of the brand's um, pen accessories products, you know, like the pen rolls and the pen sleeves. Yep. And um, Mark was specifically keen to produce a batch to feature them at the San Francisco Pen Show, and I think that was in late August last year. So, you know, of course I said yes. I mean, it's yeah. so yeah, cool, you would. The, the idea of it. Yeah. Um, and even though, you know, as you said, Rickshaw Bags is located in the U.S., um, with all the technology at our disposal these days, it was really easy to collaborate long distance. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he let me know which specific pieces of work he liked. Um, mm-hmm. I shot high resolution photos of them and I emailed them to him. And uh, in quite a short space of time, the prototypes were produced and then followed by a small batch, which made their debut at the pen show as intended. Uh, and then after the event, the products were then launched on the website and available to order. I think they're still available to order. Yeah. I haven't looked in a while. <laughs> that's really cool it must be um well what is it like to see your artwork on on products like well, out there you in the- it pretty cool <laughs> it was it- cool I mean and and also the, the thing that I'm really grateful for is that I think rickshaw bags um uses really high quality material you know mm-hmm. from the canvas which makes up the exterior to the plush lining on the inside to the tags and the ties they all feel exceptionally well-made, and I feel like I can tell that each item was hand-sewn with a great deal of, of care. Yeah. Um, uh, another favorite thing about the product is that Rickshaw Bag's color matches the tags and lining to my artwork. So, you oh, know, if we're using a work which features the color turquoise, for example, the mm-hmm. tags and the lining are also chosen to, be, chosen to be the same color and shade, which makes the item feel really specific to the art. Yeah, um, I yeah. think it takes it to the next level because you often see similar products or concepts, you know, but the output feels very production line because they all have yeah. the same overall general template features, you know, like, for example, where the lining or the trim is all the same regardless of what's on the outside. Yep, yep I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah. And so, that, so. That, kind of, it, that would tie in with you're an artist and you're creating artwork that you love and, of course, other people love and then they're a business but they also make their products with love and, and actual quality in mind. And it seems like a really good fit. Um, yeah. You, know, you as an artist and them, them yeah. as a company. Yeah. yeah. Another thing also that um, drew me to Rickshaw Bags was that I noticed that they had done co- collaborations with other artists before in the past. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't the first one and I'm certainly not the last one. Mm-hmm. So clearly Mark and his team have an interest in, in supporting, you know, creative people who, who like, you know, like themselves are, are putting stuff out in the world. Yes. So I, I was all about that. Like I, I really enjoyed the, the whole um, experience and the process of working with them. I, I hope to do some something again in the future, but, you know, it just depends on whether anything I produce in the future is up to scratch. <laughs> we'll I'm see. Sure. I'm sure it will be, but it's, 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 it's certainly a, a cool thing to have, I think, and um, nice to be recognised in that way too, for him to reach out and contact you. That's really cool. Oh, yeah, completely. I was really grateful. And, um, you know, the the request actually came while my husband and I were in the process of relocating from Sydney to Melbourne. Like it was literally that week. 
<laughs> so it was, it was pretty stressful because I had all my notebooks all packed up in boxes and stuff. And then I was like, oh, my God, I need to pull out those books. So I was like rummaging through boxes before the, 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 guy, the people came to pick up the boxes and, you know, having to take photos when I was living out of a hotel because I hadn't moved into any place yet. And, and then I was like, oh, I don't even know how this is going to go, whether it's worth it, but actually it turned out to be worth it. And, you know, the experience of working with Victor Bags was actually a highlight of my 2018. So very grateful, very happy. And it's nice that your first experience of that is so positive because then going forward, whether it's with Rickshaw or, or somewhere else, someone else, you'll be probably a bit more prone to agreeing to it given it's gone so well and, you know, everything's yeah, gone. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think I was very lucky to have, you know, met them, so to speak. I've, I've yeah. not actually been to their, to their workshop in San Francisco. My husband went to San Francisco last year, but he didn't end up having time to go and visit them, but they were really kind. They sent like a package of my stuff to him at the hotel to, for him to bring home oh, to me. Wow. I oh, that's know, nice. so nice. Like I really, really rate them. They're just all awesome people. Yeah, well, that's good. Um, so spinning back to the art itself a, a little bit, um, yeah. you, you mentioned in there uh, notebooks that were packed away. So what, what size notebooks do you work in? Um, my notebooks are usually A5 size. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty small, but I've actually got a stack of A3 paper just to the side right now, and I just bought a backing board this morning because I'm planning to do some pieces for home. Like I did three, a couple of triptych-type pieces last year, one for a friend and then one to hang in our living room, and mm-hmm. I'm ready to start to update um, our living room decoration for autumn, I suppose. So. Usually A5, but I, I'm graduating to A3 as well, I guess you could say. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool because I was actually going to well, I was gonna ask, um, do you use any other, like, because you said notebooks, I was going to ask are there any, you know, pieces done on sheets of paper or whatnot. So now you've answered that question too. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. was just where my brain was going. So uh, what are your favourite, because everyone loves to know favourites, especially if, if someone's new to, to trying um, a particular type of art, what's your favourite um, materials to work with, brands, you know, notebooks, pens, ink, all yeah. of those things? I know it can be controversial sometimes. People are like, oh, you should like this or that, or some people feel yeah. like they just, just use whatever comes along. But do you have do you have favourites that you just find yourself going back yeah. to? I do have favourites. Um, I'd have to say that it's pretty tough to say which of my fountain pens I use the most or I like the most. I mean, I tend to rotate them quite a bit. but mm-hmm. um, And I haven't counted them. I don't know how many I have exactly in my collection, maybe somewhere between 80 and 90 pens at the moment. Wow, cool. <laughs> um, I tend to prefer fine nibs, um, not broad and not too fine. Medium is okay, but fine is better because it suits the size of my lines and shapes. And I tend to gravitate toward a couple of Japanese brands, um, being Pilot and Platinum. Yep. And um, I also love a couple of German brands. Um, that's um, Pelican and Lamy. Those mm-hmm. are my favorite, uh, I guess, go-to pens um, at this point in time. It could change in the future. Yeah, of course. Um, cause I'm, I guess I, I'm quite promiscuous when it comes to, to pens. Like I'm just chopping and changing all the time. Um, I, I also have quite a bit of ink, but I'd say that it's a modest collection because 
I'm quite sort of disciplined about buying ink. And by that, I mean, I don't feel the need to have every color in every range. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do re- return to certain brands uh, quite regularly. And um, one of those is Iro Shizuku, which is made by Pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, I also use quite a lot of the KWZ inks, um, which, and I, in particular, I like their all gold and honey shades very specifically. I like those too. Um, and I have an absolute all-time favorite ink. I can say categorically that I would drop everything for this ink. And if I, if you were to say to me, you can only use one ink for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. I would quite happily go with this ink, even though it's black, which doesn't mm-hmm. really give you much scope to, you know, do mm-hmm. anything crazy. But it's the platinum carbon ink because it's the darkest, glossiest black ink. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's just amazing. It just looks so good on the page. And I think that if Platinum ever stopped making this ink, I would be distraught. Oh, they, they would be writing, I'm sure of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm not the only person who says this nope. about the, the ink because it's amazing. Have you used it yourself? Yeah, I've got some. I've got a 60 mil or whatever size bottle and I, yeah, just started using it recently and love it. So Yeah, it's just so good, isn't it? It's like you can really feel the, the um, how kind of viscous it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you need to kind of clean your pens a lot because it, it does clog it up if you don't clean the pen but on a regular basis. But I think it's absolutely worth it, <laughs> the, extra, it the extra pen hygiene stuff. Yeah, definitely. I think anything is. If, it, if it's that that good, then there's little things like that. You're like, that's fine. I'm happy to do that extra legwork. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. Um, another thing that I really enjoy using as well is um, a product called uh, Sakura Poster Powder. I don't know if you've heard or seen this this mm. product, but it's. Um, I've got two of them, one in gold and one in silver, and um, it's basically a very fine richly pigmented metallic powder which you can either dilute with water so you can mix it up in a you know your palette or whatever with water or you could simply dunk a clean wet brush directly into the powder Um, and the reason I like it is because it's it makes a nice contrast to the fountain pen ink which is obviously you know a bit more watery Mm -hmm. but this poster powder goes on the page quite opaque you know you can put a few layers on and the metallic finish is also pretty cool. So I have a bit of fun with that one from time to time. Yeah. Um, so what what have we talked about? Pens, ink. ink. What about the all-important notebooks? The all-important notebooks. What notebooks yeah. do we use? Paper. <laughs> paper. Yeah. Paper. Well, that's a big subject. We could be here all day. <laughs> yeah, well, you see, I actually think that the paper is more important than the pen or the ink, like yeah. out of the three. If yeah. you, you don't have the surface that can handle what you throw on it, then, you know, you're dead mm-hmm. before you even start, right? So yeah. paper-wise, I would consider myself a lifetime fan of Tomoe River. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know whether you use it yourself. I or do, have, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, for most people who, who are aware, it's or, or people who aren't aware, this it's a Japanese brand um, made by the Sakai Technical Paper Company. Um my preferred weight for this paper is the 52 GSM, but I believe it also comes in 68 GSM. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I like the, the 52 is I, I really, really like the fact that it's very light, um, and yet it handles the ink very well. You know, it's very smooth. There's no feathering and, and minimal bleed through. 
Mm. Um, I've tried using watercolor or other paper, you know, for example, Rhodia or Clairefontaine, um, which are also excellent for fountain pen users, but I keep going back to Tomoe River. So I guess you could say I'm done. Lock me in that Tomoe River vault and throw away the key. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not too sure. I don't know if they – I think they do do A4 sizes, and I, I'm wondering they, if I actually even have A4. I might have do, a pack. Yeah, they do in loose leaf because I've actually got a pack of loose leaf to write letters using for my letter writing. Yeah, um, I think that's right, yeah. yeah. I don't know why I don't use the A4 as much. I guess it's because, like, the A5 notebooks, you know, I can tote them around. Yeah, they are a great so, song. Yeah, so when I'm travelling or whatever, you know, I take my notebook with me because I'm such a loser. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By default, all my work has been in the A4, A5 size notebook. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. I think that's it, really, for my for my materials. Yeah. So, if someone's listened to this this interview, this chat, and they've gone, well, you know what? I've got some fountain pens. I've got some paper. I've got some ink. Why not give this this a go? What could you suggest to the, to those newbies out there? You know, what should what should they try? What should they avoid? Is there any little inside tips or or places <laughs> they can go for inspiration? Obviously, your Instagram is, is a great start. Any <laughs> suggestions for people? Well, to be honest with you, this question I find quite amusing because. <laughs> I came to what I'm doing completely by accident. You know, I didn't have any grand plan or strategy when I started. And I didn't even know I had started until it was all, you know, like yeah. happening. Yeah. <laughs> um, it just evolved and I think it continues to evolve on the daily. So, like, you know, to illustrate this further, you know, if anyone looks at my Instagram this week, they'll see that I've started to work on different shapes this week. Like, I think I've, I've gone past the circle shapes now. Mm-hmm. So, um, but anyway, back to your question in terms of people who are starting. I don't know if I've got really very many handy tips at all. Um, I'm not very analytical about what I do, I have to say. But I have found for me that the basic and yet critical part of the process is to try to do something every day because, you know, I did mention it earlier on, but I find that if I take a break, whether it's a couple of days or a few days, I tend to find it quite difficult to get back into the rhythm. And then I get, I feel a bit discouraged when I feel like I've lost my momentum because I feel like it's small steps every day. You know, you're, you're making a bit of progress in terms of your, um, you know, you're tweaking something or you're um, refining a concept that's in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people who feels that if you want to be good at something, whether it's, you know, like yoga, writing, uh, writing a unicycle or whatever, you know, it's a must in my humble opinion to commit to the practice. Yeah. So um, that to me is uh, one thing I would say, like if you really want to get started on something, you've got to try to do it regularly, if not daily, but try to do it regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of people who are, you know, if you've got pens and you've got ink and, and you want to create stuff in a similar vein, I just say, well, go with what interests you. You know, it doesn't have to be, um, something that you're seeing other people doing necessarily. It, it could just be an expression of what you want to do. Mm. Um, you know, just put the pen on the page and fiddle around and see where it takes you. Like, I, don't, I know that sounds really wanky in a way, but, <laughs> you know, it's, but it's kind of like, yeah, you know, you're, you're ultimately just ex- trying to express yourself, right? You don't want to express what other people are 
putting out there. You know, it's all about you. And I actually say that there's a fine line between being inspired by someone's work and and copying it. And I think, Mm. unfortunately, you know, Instagram for one is quite a good echo chamber and you do get a lot of people looking at stuff and and thinking, Oh, I like that. And then they just end up copying stuff, you know, they just reproduce it. Yeah. They're not actually going through their own process of, you know, um, this is what I'm drawing this week. And you can't, you can't actually see the evolution of, you know, where they're going because they're just constantly going back to that source or another source and just picking up the work that other people's doing and going, I'm going to do that today. I mean, yeah, it looks good, but you know, I think that really, if you want to be, if you really want to let, let give yourself into your creativity, you have to, at some point, look inside yourself as well. You know, it's not just taking stuff from other people. Mm. Yeah. You've got to um, work. Sorry. You've got to put yourself in the work. That's right. I couldn't have said it better. Like, you know, absolutely put yourself in the work. What, what, what are you feeling that day when you put something on the page? It's not just what someone else has, you know, I mean, anyone can copy, you know, or regurgitate stuff. But um, I think you need to be, you also need to be quite insular about yourself, like put your blinkers on and just focus on you and what you want to do. So that's my tip. So, which is actually a fabulous tip. Um, just but on, on that subject, how, like, obviously we don't always feel like creating art, but we know it's a good thing to keep keep going and, and even if we're not feeling super inspired, but how do you like what what do you, where do you get your inspiration from you know you said you're working with a lot of bright colors is that because that you just love bright colors and you love to be surrounded by them so therefore you like to work with them do you do you bring in elements of something that gives you inspiration or is it just just whatever you're feeling at the moment is what you work with you know are you going into even um art supply stores or or just even fashion or like where do you where do you get what it is that you want to create is it just all coming to you or are you you know are you keeping your eye on things no nature or I actually don't know where I'm specifically looking at like I think I'm just looking at things all the time you know whether it's um the leaves on my indoor plants which are wilting terribly this week from the heat yes they will yes, um, they would be or you know whether it's like um when i went to the national gallery of victoria the other week and i went to the escher um by nendo exhibition that was amazing by the way mm-hmm. um i mean after i went to that exhibition i came home and i was just like seriously just working in black and white the whole time because yep. You know, his woodcuts and stuff are very um, kind of graphic and um, just like a monochrome type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, it, I, I guess it also ha- – um, sometimes I draw inspiration from the material, like the ink. Yes. So if, if there's an ink that's particularly shimmery or sheeny, I might do a piece which I think, you know, plays off on that a little bit more than some, some other, you know – shape or form mm-hmm. um and the pens as well like it it has to do with the size of the nibs and how flexible the nib is and stuff like that so um it's just a mix of things really I I honestly don't know like I never I never have a plan for the week like I just yep. you know see see where it takes me on a daily basis yeah. um and I think it, it works okay I mean I'm, I'm true to my my um 
my intention, which is to do something, anything, and it doesn't matter whether it's good or bad, mm-hmm. just do something and, and follow the next step from, from one session to the next. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do, yeah. So when you're, when you're looking at ink, let's say you, you, need, you want to buy some more ink, whether it's are – you, are you going on the recognition of you've run out of colour, of a colour, so you want to replace that, or are you just going along and saying, oh, here's this new, new colour which is, you know, egg yolk, yellow or whatever, you know, and that, the colour calls to you or how does that – I'm just curious to know how, how people – are attracted to colors and and why certain colors work yeah i don't know i mean i generally when i buy an ink i suppose it's because i really want the color right so like over christmas i bought two blues and i've already got like half a dozen blues so i certainly didn't need any more blue (laughs) um and one ink color that i don't have for example is um yellow Mm -hmm. I don't have yellow ink and I guess I don't gravitate. I guess the colors that I gravitate to in life are the ones that I am happy to use in my art. Yeah. Yep. That makes Um, sense. Which is a weird thing to say because actually I'm quite, I'm quite a bland person in my dress, like in my day to day life. I'm, I like to wear a lot of white, Mm -hmm. black or gray. So you can color in your artwork. But in my artwork, I completely go crazy, right? Because I'm like, yeah, this is my, you know, I'm just unleashing whatever I feel like, you know, I want it to be like a riot of colour on the page sometimes. So that's, yeah, that's just how it goes. (laughs) I don't know, there's no real science to it, you know. It's just like what colours do I like? Sometimes it's purple, sometimes it's green. I really, really love turquoise and blue. I don't use red very often in my work. I don't know why. Um. But, yeah, generally it's blues, greens, blues, greens, turquoise. In that colour family I tend to use the most um, – I, I tend to have most, more ink in that colour family than in that, in that part of the spectrum, I'd say, yeah. um, than in any other. Um, does that answer the question? What was the question? No, it does. It was just <laughs> picking ink. I'm just curious to know what draws people. I know I – I sometimes look at my inks and I think, oh, I don't have a colour, you know, and then I might yeah. go, and, go and look for that. And other times it's like, oh, you know, someone will release a new, a new ink and I see it somewhere along the lines and I'm just like, I have to have that. I don't know what it is yeah. either. I just, you know, <laughs> just, yeah. just. Sometimes I even buy the ink because I like the bottle and how it looks in oh, the bottle. Right? Oh, yes, I know. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But, you know, we are visual people, so yeah. we have yeah. to go with what we like. Yeah, that's true. Any excuse, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so is there anything further that we haven't covered that you'd like to sort of discuss or chat or bring up? Or I don't think so. I think we've gone all around the block with yeah. all this um, pen and ink <laughs> and crazy stuff, you know. Well, it's not that crazy, but I think sometimes people might think it's a little bit obscure because fountain pens are not really a thing that most people – use on the daily Mm. but I think it's coming into prominence and popularity as the days go I seem to feel I seem to think that it's you know it's becoming more um, widespread like it's becoming more popular 
but yeah. maybe it's just me. I, I could be biased entirely. No, I, totally, I totally agree. I totally agree. I think it, I think it certainly is. Um, so, And there's nothing wrong with that at all. In fact, I think it's great. No. I mean, I think they're great fun to use and, you know, like if you if you want to create art or, you know, use it as your means of primary means of expression, then like there's just so many options out there. You, you don't even need an expensive pen and no. you don't need, you know, like 50 different types of ink. Like you can still create stuff with, you know, your favourite one pen and two inks or whatever it is. Like there's yeah, just so much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you know, an A5 notebook and, and a couple of pens and it doesn't You're ready to go. Room. Yeah, that's right. It takes up no room. There's no reason you can't throw it in your handbag or, or whatever and, you know, you don't have to do it all at home. It's, it's, it's a great. I think it's great, definitely. definitely. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Candice, for taking time. I, again, on a Saturday afternoon, I really do appreciate it. Um, my pleasure, Kim. This was a good diversion in my day. Well, Art Supply Posse, I really hope you enjoyed listening to that episode. I had fun chatting with Candice, uh, discussing all things fountain pen and fountain pen ink art. Uh, you can find Candice over on Instagram. Uh, Pensive Candy is her handle, but, of course, there will be links in the show notes, so you can just click through there. Uh, if you enjoyed the interview, feel free to head to iTunes to give us a review. It does help people find us. We are wanting to get new people, of course, new listeners all the time. If there is anyone that you'd like us to interview, whether it's an artist, a maker, a manufacturer, a retailer, of art of any description, uh, please let us know. We would like to bring more people on board, of course, to be interviewing. Uh, we have lots of ideas ourselves here, but, of course, you know, we do love hearing from you guys, our listeners, as well. You can do that over on Twitter or Instagram or you can send us an email, hello at artsupplyposse.com, um, and from there we can, of course, reach out to that particular person. So, again, thank you for taking the time to listen to us today and uh, we shall see you around somewhere in the future. Thank you. Thank you.